Good morning. Hey, you're awake. I hadn't put you to sleep yet. I hadn't even got up here yet, okay? Come on now, church. This is going to be fun just to be able to preach God's Word to you this morning. Um, this morning, I'm going to talk about a topic uh, that I've been contemplating for a while, and uh, it's kind of tough. I'm going to maybe be a little raw. hope I will be. And uh, I'm just hoping that uh, the Lord will have a word for you this morning. And uh, that's what I hope and pray every weekend as we come together. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you about a word that um, some people already read the worship guide as soon as they came in and they went, wow, you know, uh, uh, man, I, I saw the word there, Pastor, and uh, you're, you're going to preach on that. I, I just want to confess to you, I am real and transparent and broken. Uh, that's what I try to be every week. I don't want to sugarcoat it, and I don't want to be fake. I want to be the real deal. The Bible calls us to be imitators of God, and that's for every Christ follower. Amen? And uh, I'm going to talk about a subject today. People, a lot of people don't think, oh, man, he never deals with that. He is so uh, obnoxious. and Oh, they don't say obnoxious. They go loud and champion, warrior for God, for Christ, confident man. And I am that. But I battle this topic at the very top of your worship guide. And you battle it. Every person in this room battles it at some level. Some of you severely battle it. Some of you just in seasons, and you've done it in the past. And the word starts with an I, and it's not introvert. It's insecurity. Insecurity. It's amazing the things that will make us insecure in this life. Uh, sometimes they're just little bitty things. Sometimes they're pretty significant, but they're always big in our mind. Have you ever noticed that before? They always, and we were singing that song of worship about overcoming, and I just thought, Lord, that, that's the song that I needed. Did you know that CEOs of company, companies, they suffer from insecurity? Past and possibly current president, they suffer from insecurity. Great athletes, doctors, lawyers, teachers, housewives, husbands, fathers, mothers, daughters, grandfathers, grandmothers, just somebody, everybody, deals with insecurity. And insecurity has the ability to just slam you and paralyze you and hold you back. Because we have an enemy um, we have to deal with about how, how we feel. We, God's made us this way, and we we struggle. I like what Stephen Furtick, a pastor in South Carolina, said. Listen to this. He says, the reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Isn't that good? Because, see, everybody's got a behind the scene. And this morning, if we put it up on the video, you're behind the scene, you'd be like, man, you need to be insecure. Did you see that? But see, when you see the front news front seat the image that we protect or we project on others a lot of times it will be confident secure i pray we are confident and secure that that's the goal of the message today but i'm doing this series on change so i pray there'll be a catalytic moment in these four weeks that you decide not to just have a diet not just to choose to exercise and read more books and be nicer to people and come to church more and all these things that we do. I pray that it will go much deeper and there'll be a moment that will lead to moments in your heart. 
that they will be internal. You know the other day when I told you about resolutions and how sometimes I hate it because it messes up the local YMCA that I go to? It happened the other night. I was on a call for one of our members. I was dealing with a situation. I got to the gym a little late. As I walked into the door, nobody greeted me. And every machine was taken. And I started laughing. I just said, glory to God. But I didn't keep that attitude. I went over to a machine I do not like. That was very torturous. And I got on it. And then before I knew it, sometimes my brain does not exercise self-control. I said something out loud. And you folks won't be here in the next two or three weeks. Glory. And I proceeded with my exercise. That's how spiritual I am. So you felt really good about that, didn't you? I, I had to confess it, and I'm confessing it to you, so let's move on. Okay. I'm going to share a verse with you this morning that would really set up well for what's coming next weekend, but I'm not preaching on this subject, but we will observe it, of pro-life. Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, turn there, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. There's a verse. It's always tied to pro-life and those things, but I want you to see it from a little different angle this morning. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I want you to circle the word knew. God knew you before. That's pretty cool. Before you were born, I set you apart. Circle the word apart. He knew us. He set us apart. The theological word is sanctification. God sets us apart for the purposes of God, the holy purposes of Christ. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This is a verse that I'm praying will ring in your heart and mind today and maybe in days to come. Uh, I want you to see that when we feel insecure, that God knows us. Is anybody comforted by that? When I'm at my weakest ebb and low, and I'm battling life, and I'm battling to, to rise up and be an overcomer that we sang about, God knows me. He's known me from the beginning. Jeremiah was a man that knew insecurity like nobody. He battled insecurity. I know that from studying the Old Testament and studying the life of Jeremiah. And he speaks this word there in verse 5. And if you get Jeremiah grounded in the context of his story of his life, you'll begin to see more of it. You see, Jeremiah was called to a tough, difficult ministry. Sometimes ministries are easy. Sometimes they're difficult. Sometimes they're in between. You're called to a tough job. You're called to an easy job. You ever notice how you always go, wish I had your job. Wish I had your ability. Wish I had that. We always want somebody else's, but we don't walk in their shoes, so we don't really know how it is, but we think it, at least the image they put off is like they have no problems, <laughs> if we only knew behind the scenes. My friends and I kid about all the dysfunction that we've had in our families and they have in their families, and people will apologize to me and go, I know when you meet my uncle, when you meet my brother, when you meet my mama, she's dysfunctional. Forgive us. I go, hey, man, I grew up with that. I live in that. I know all about dysfunction. We, you ought to come to our church. We're a church of dysfunctional people. How do you like that? Some of you just got mad and went, I don't know why they call me dysfunctional. We'll get over it, okay? Here it is. Jeremiah, he preached in a difficult time in the, in the life of Israel. The people were wayward. They were backslidden. They were unrepentant. 
They were harsh. They were hard. I mean, Jeremiah is in there. He preached for 40 years. 40 years Jeremiah preached, and not one person repented. And you know what this preacher says? It's time to go to the house. And I bet you Jeremiah said, God, that's why he's known as a weeping prophet. He was depressed. He was discouraged. He was insecure. Somebody right there about Jeremiah. Insecure dude he was. But he doesn't stay there. So I just want us to look at verse 5. I want you to go back to it sometime when you feel inadequate, when you feel insecure, and you go, man, Jeremiah, you're talking about a mood swing. Jeremiah knows about that as I've studied this. He even said one time, I wish I'd never been born. Like that was going to do any good. Have you ever felt like that? Don't raise your hand. But when you get insecure and the enemy gets greater than you are, you feel like, woe is me. A man undone. A man with unclean lips. But he was human. One person said the Old Testament is not to be viewed as models of people of morality, but mirrors of identity. When we read about Old Testament characters, they have great identities. <laughs> Sometimes they're not very great. They're very diminished. They're very uh, diluted. They're very small, especially in terms of spiritual leadership and heroes. But then many times through their trials, through their testing, they become something great. So verse 5 you're feeling insecure, just a, a, a note, run back to 5, verse 5, chapter 1, Jeremiah, and identify with him. Not confident, uncertain, getting free, unstable, unsure, unconfident, discouraged, despondent, downtrodden. I like what Beth Moore said. I, I remember my wife went through a Bible study, I believe, and maybe we had it here at the church, and she wrote this book about insecurity. But listen to this quote. We're going to have to let truth scream louder to our souls than the lies that have infected us. And all the women said, and all the men said, I, I knew that was going to happen. And all the men said, see, already men are like, the pastor, you're kind of getting on your feeling side today. And it's just really uncomfortable, and I'm undone. Now, my wife's going to think, blessed is my pastor in Jesus. And she's going to weep and all that. And I'm just going, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's all right. I raise girls. I've been a man's man. I, hey, I'm secure in my emotions. I'm fine with it. Matter of fact, I think it's cool to be broken before God. How about you? The only people that I see that God really uses in significant eternal ways are people that are broken. And I don't say that lightly. Because I've cried a lot of tears in 33 years as a pastor. I've been broken a lot. And then my really spiritual friends go, God wants to do a great work through you. He's reducing you. He's breaking you. He's crushing you that you might be used for the purposes of God. Then they walk off. I'm going to be really real. We're doing a marriage conference. We started this church on marriage. Contemporary, relevant, intimate, worship, practical teaching, and marriage covenant. Never done a marriage covenant. I'm fixing to shame you the best I know how. I'm begging you to make arrangements to somehow get there. Your church has made a major monetary investment. We've made a major investment of time. But let me go ahead and tell you. Go ahead, go ahead. I know some of you already checked out. I know. 
when you stand for marriages in Jesus Christ, the enemy cannot stand it. And that's one reason I've been so insecure all week because I'm watching like, okay, nobody's signing up. What's going on? What's going on? A marriage conference. We need marriage teaching. We need marriage tools. I'm going to do a series on marriage as soon as the conference is over. But bringing a world-class leader in here to lead us, Dr. Smalley, Greg Smalley. And I'm just going to beg you. And let me tell you, you start standing for marriages, the enemy doesn't go, oh, isn't that sweet? They're talking about marriages. Man, the assault is on. Can anybody identify with me? Some of you will go, man, if I go to a marriage conference, me and my wife, we fight more than we ever did. I've heard that too. Well, that's okay. Fight in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying? Get better. Get tools. Get help. Man, sign up for this thing. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be life-shaping and changing. And God, I need it. Our church needs it. But here it is. Secure. Full command. Rule-free from care. Created to be like that. Insecure. Constantly tormented by the enemy. By the situation of the day. We have a tormentor. Would anybody agree? If you're not being tormented, I'd check out whose team you're on. Because he doesn't rest quietly by, idly by, for people that are living for Christ all out. He knows he's in his last run. And our God is great, and we're overcomers, and uh, sometimes we're quick to accept negative thoughts about ourselves. And see, the enemy will send you messages. I'll just be real. About two months ago, I was going through something, and Man, I just I felt like a loser, and I confessed it to a family member. Wrong thing to do. I said, I know the truth of God's word, but I'm feeling like a failure. I'm feeling like a loser. And my daughter wrote this. She goes, she sent me back thing. Dad, you're not a loser. You're a champion. And here's what she wrote. Write this down. L-O-S-E-R. You're loved. You're obedient. You're secure. You're an encourager. You're redeemed. And I've been playing that through my spirit for the last several weeks. Like, I am not a loser. I am a champion. I am a warrior. I am an overcomer in Jesus. And that's for everybody in this room. Amen? And some of you are like, oh, man, I love this message. Some of you are like, man, I wish he heard me off this topic because like, it is so uncomfortable. I'm just like, I want to go to lunch. I want to go to lunch. Well, you ain't going to lunch because I'm going to keep preaching, okay? Seasons of suffering to test you. I don't like this season stuff. I mean, honestly, I was real happy with last spring. You know what I'm saying? In summer. And the other day, 14 degrees in Montgomery. Come on, that's ridiculous. I don't live in Nebraska. I don't live in North Dakota. don't have any desire to live there. I mean, I pray for them. I hurt for them. And they say, oh, it's cold outside. You think? When it gets 14 here, man, you stay in a house, Montgomery. You know, I mean, it's just, that's ridiculous. But God takes you through suffering to expose the depth of your heart. You know, that's what I've learned about breaking and shaping in Christ. God drives me to his heart. He exposes me. Sometimes stuff, I don't want to be exposed, but insecure means that God doesn't stand idly by, but he helps their cause. Insecurity and the Holy Spirit, they're not cousins, okay? The Holy Spirit is the power and the person of God. And insecurity is an attack from the evil one. And they don't lie together. <laughs> they're opposed. And God, we've got to be confident in you today. We're, we're going to look at this. I, I think it's going to speak to you. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, and all other ground is. You heard that hymn, did you? You used to love that old hymn. But on Christ, 
On Jesus Christ, I stand. On Jesus Christ, I am secure. In Jesus Christ, I am victorious. Do you feel it now, church? Oh, no, you know, I'm just, I'm just a loser. No, 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 you're not a loser. You're an overcomer. Being free from insecurity. Here's, here's one reason we get insecure. We fear people. Do you fear people? Now, don't answer it out loud. I don't want people to hear you. But you know if you fear people. Well, I'm afraid of people. I'm afraid what they're going to do to me. I've been, I was afraid of my coach. I'm afraid of my mom. I'm afraid of my boss. I'm afraid of this. I, whatever. We've all got to submit to authority. It's the way God set up the kingdom. It's the way he set up life, and it's, it's okay. But who you fear, you will serve. Who you fear. There is one to be feared, and his name is God. And when you and I fear God, we will serve him wholeheartedly. But if I fear man, I will purpose to serve man. And God wants us to move on from that. And here's another thing is, sometimes we just fear the future. We're scared of the future. We don't know what the future beholds. None of us know. We Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own, Jesus said. But consider the sparrow and consider the lilies. You know, today, today, Keith, deal with it today. You know, Satan wants me to doubt my call, and he wants you to doubt your call and your gifts on your life. And, and I want to go back to Jeremiah. We were not designed to fail from the womb. Just write that down. We were not designed to fail from the womb. We were designed from the womb to live victoriously in Jesus Christ to be a warrior for God in this life as long as we draw breath. We're victorious. He's a champion of champions. He has conquered death. He has conquered my sin. He's conquered my emotions. And I'll set it up for you this way. Turn over to Ephesians. Just turn over to the New Testament. We're going to turn to Ephesians. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1. And I want you to do something. I haven't done this in a long time, but this is going to help somebody today. I want you to personalize the Scripture. When he says you and us, I want you to put your name in there. I'm going to show you how. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Look at this. For he chose Keith. Now, I don't want you to write in there Keith, okay? That's my name. Put your name in there. For he chose Donna in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, Keith was predestined to be adopted as his son through Jesus Christ. In him, in verse 7, Keith has redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on Keith with all wisdom and understanding. I want you to put your name in there. I want you to pray this back to God out loud. Pray it in your time. Now let's flip over to verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of Keith's heart may be enlightened in order that Keith may know the hope to which Keith was called, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. See how powerful that is when you begin to insert your name, your life, your identity. This is what God says. Just start to pray that sometime. Just pick up the book of Ephesians or Colossians or just the Bible and just begin to put your name in there. Go, God, I'm praying this back to you. God, I'm believing this. Lord, when I feel insecure, I'm going to rest on your word. When I feel inadequate, I'm going to run to you, God. Insecurities, we all have them, but the, the goal this morning is I'm praying that I'm going to break out. You're going to break out. You're going to break free from the enemy of your souls because he, he is real. So I, I look at this and how powerful it is and listen to this quote from Dallas Willard. 
Feelings make wonderful servants, but they make horrible masters. See, if you and I are dictated and directed by our feelings, we, we lose. Because our feelings are so fickle. Man, they'll, they're up right now, and then they're down, and then they're really high, and they're in between, and then they're like non-existent. Then they get stuck. You ever had your feelings stuck? <laughs> they're just not a good master. Jesus is the only master I know worth submitting to. So, Lord, help us have a renewed mind. Here it is. Insecurity manifests craving for the security of a partner. I hear that all the time. People are like, oh, I'm single, I'm single. And I'm craving a life mate. And I understand that. And we pray that. And, and, and we want that. That's God's will for your life. And some say, well, I, I'm insecure. I crave the knife. I crave the knife. I want to get cut. I want to get my chin, my nose, my eyes, my face. I want to get a lift. I want to get something. You know what I'm saying? I want to stay ahead in my career, more education. I want to read more books. I want to uh, do this. I want to do that. It, it's just I'm so insecure. So if I compensate here, I'll be an overcomer. Uh, probably not. You might win in an area of your life. But it's, it's spiritual security, running to Christ. I like what Beth Moore said in her so long insecurity. You've been a bad friend to us. <laughs> insecurity, you're just a bad friend. So here's the thought that I had. Cut insecurity loose this morning. Hey, don't raise your hand. Have you ever cut loose of a friend before? <laughs> you need to sometimes. And sometimes, you, did your mom ever tell you this when you were little? Hey, uh, you know when Johnny comes over? I think you need to find some new friends. You need to kind of cut him loose because like, we want to pray for him and we want to love him, but like, you are horrible when you're around him. Don't look at me like that. You know you had friends like that. You're saying, no, I was that friend. When I came to everybody's house, it was terror. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, hey, that's, well, here, the altar's open now. Just come repent. Okay, come repent. Say, oh, God, bless. You know, <laughs> I thought about this the other day. I didn't meet Christ till I was 19. And I had a lot of friends growing up and I'd go over to their house and some of their mamas were so sweet to me. And I'm just now, and I've been wondering for a lot of years, like, what they were thinking. And I even had a few after I got saved, they went, we've been praying for you, boy. I went, oh, thank you so much, miss. I won't tell you their name, because you could probably put it together if you grew up in Dalreda. But anyway, anyway, I, I'm grateful for those people that prayed. Look at number one, three statements, insecurity. Insecurity is a self-sabotaging way to live. You just sabotage yourself. I don't know, there's nothing attractive about sabotage, and uh, some people do this. They just have a messed up home, man, it's just sabotage. Abuse, alcohol, absentee, parenting, whatever, just, it's just, it just shakes you up, it sabotages you. People walked out on you. Your mate walked out on you. We see that in our church, man, it's made them insecure. Their, their parents walked out on, their parents kicked them out, pushed them out. I, I don't know, worthlessness begins to, to well up. Here, here's what I'm trying to get across today. Insecurity affects everybody. It affects us. It affects our friends. It affects our colleagues. It affects our enemies. <laughs> Maybe that's one they act like they do. But it just sabotages. It, it's just tough. But Proverbs 4.23, I want you to write this verse down. It's not in your notes. Proverbs 4.23. It's a great verse. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts, according to the Good News Translation. Be careful what you think on, what you think about. Next weekend, I'm going to really talk about, a lot about the transformed, renewed mind for change. But be careful. I, this is a word for me, in season, out of season. I've been thinking, man, sometimes I think too much. I give the, the devil too much margin. I give him too much room, and I begin to meditate or think about things that are destructive. And the guy's like, no, no. Be careful what you think. But you see, some of you let culture define who you are. 
And culture is a horrible definitive agent. I mean, it just doesn't work. Because, see, culture is always like, how do you look? How rich are you? How smart are you? It always looks external. God looks at the heart. How many of you know this morning, God is more concerned about your heart than your outward appearance? God's looking at your heart. He is so in love with you and me. And God's like, Keith, Bill, Susan, Carol, Mark, Jim, Joe, what up? Don't be defined by culture. I mean, culture is spending billions of dollars. They're doing a good job. But don't be defined by that. Because I, I got something better here. Some people get defined by their past. Well, you know, this is who I used to be, and this is how I grew up, and this is how I've lived. You know what God sees? God sees things before me. God sees my potential. I'm glad that God saw potential in me, and he didn't give up on me. Most people don't know this. I was premature. My mom's appendix ruptured in 1959. And back then, the, the NICU was not what it is today for our grandson. And by the grace of God, I survived, and I'm not a little boy anymore, okay? I, I grew past that prematurity. But then I grew up just kind of crazy and, you know, did a lot of sinful choosing and options and lifestyle. And then I radically came to know Jesus, didn't get perfect, but I began to change, and he's still changing me. He's changing you. And as I look at this this morning, I just think, but God, God saw something. This little crew-cut, nine-ten-year-old, burr-headed little boy, kind of going back to it. God saw something in it. The little boy that went to school, or right before he went to school, he couldn't speak. I had my tongue clipped when I was five years old didn't speak you came over to our house i was so insecure i ran i hid up under the bed waiting for you to leave i think that's hilarious when you know me i walk around this room going hey bro hey sis how y'all doing i want to talk to everybody i mean i would be miserable if i couldn't talk to you and couldn't love you and greet you but god saw from heaven i knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb and i have potential and i want to live up to the potential and i'm begging you today will you live up to the potential you have in jesus christ so you're like oh yeah i will if god can use you i know he can use me amen brother go i was thinking the same thing about you but go ahead all right here we go second thing Insecurity encompasses other feelings such as inadequacy and inferiority. Just feel we don't measure up. We're not good enough. You, you ever felt that way? Sure you have. Everybody feels that in some way. I don't know. Maybe you're pompous and arrogant and over the top. Well, you've got other sins we need to deal with next weekend. But, but most of the time, we don't feel like we measure up. So many times, I'm not good enough. I'm not fast enough. Can I just tell y'all, when I played ball, I'm going to say it. Okay. When I played ball, we had a thing called tryouts. You went out to the Little League ball field and you tried out. You worked your buns off. You worked hard. You wanted to make the team. And I remember having some friends that didn't make the team, and they went home crying. And I felt so sorry for them. But today, we got upward basketball, and it's got a place. But everybody gets a trophy. Everybody wins. They do not that is not life here i'm just gonna give you center i'm gonna give you all the goodness of god man live for christ live with everything give me everything you got it's like going to coach davis's team saying coach i'm a girl and i'm a smart student and i know how to dribble can i play for you yeah whatever and you gotta try out 
Y'all, somebody so, said something about Coach Davis one time. He says, you know what? He is the most calm guy at church. Y'all just see him on the court. Coats flying, spits running out more than me. Intense, aggressive. He's a man. I love it. Go, Coach. Fire me up. You inspire me. And sometimes he goes, I don't measure up. See, we understand that, don't we, Dan? <laughs> don't you love that voice? Yes, sir. That's where y'all address me. Here we go. He may even come from a parent. You ever had a parent or an employer or a good friend that said you're insecure or made you feel insecure? Sure you did. Why do you feel inadequate? See, some of you, I understand this. You went to the closet this morning, especially women, and you looked. What ensemble shall I wear for the day? And you picked it. And you came in, and you were feeling rather good about yourself. And then somebody had the audacity to shop at the same place, and they walked in with the same outfit you had on. I know you've told me, and you go to the bathroom, and you're trying to do whatever, you know. It's hilarious. Or you did pick an outfit, and then you got here, and some of you are like, I don't care. I know that. It's obvious, okay? No. But, you know, we just, sometimes we just make, we have to make a thousand decisions a day. And I'm just saying, we can get insecure. Hey, I've gotten insecure over something I've worn before. The other day, can I just go ahead and tell y'all, I had a button, unbuttoned. How many of you realize it? Go ahead and raise your hand. Be honest. He's not here today. Oh, yeah, he is. There, there. Look at him. There's two over here. When I, as soon as I walked out this day, I had preached my heart out for Jesus. And I walked out and he goes, Pastor, you've got a button undone right here. I said, praise God, it's not my zipper. Okay, so anyway, and I fixed the button. He was hurting for me. I didn't even know I needed to be hurting, okay? Insecure. So this morning, I'm kind of doing a head check. Oh, okay, I'm ready to go. Here we go. I, I know y'all going, this man's a fool. Well, you know, sometimes that man's security gets rooted. Insecurity gets rooted in isolation. Just write that out there. Sometimes it gets rooted in isolation. Pride's at the root of insecurity. So inadequacy, inferior. Look at the third one. Insecurity can be overcome by knowing our identity in Christ and replaying that truth in our spirits over and over. That's what I've really come to declare today. Make sure that you know him. And your identity is linked, is tethered to Christ. And that you are so realizing today that your security is found in the person of Christ, not in what you do, not in what you've done, in his mercy, in his grace. Matter of fact, let me give you a verse, Ephesians 2.10. I love this passage. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ, Jesus, so we can do the good things that he planned for us to do long ago. But you and I are God's masterpiece. Can you say that with me? I am. No, let's do it again. Let's start with I am. I am God's masterpiece some of you believe it some of you're like oh, he just made me say it i am god's junk you are not you're god's wonderful masterpiece that he formed in the womb of your mother that he knew long ago god says you're a beautiful tapestry you ever looked at tapestries behind when you turn it over and you see all the knots and everything tied but they're really ugly behind the set but on the front it appears as a beautiful masterpiece that the person intended and God says, that's what I've done for you. I've given you an identity. Search me, oh God. See if there be any hurtful way within me, Psalm 139. God's just saying, you're my identity. I'm looking at you. Break free. Lay down your insecurity. Let God lead you to victory. 
Would you do that this morning? Would you just lay down in our song of worship, break every chain? Would you just lay down today in security, name that specific insecurity and say, I am victorious in my Savior, I overcome. I'll start listening to the voice of God, not to the voice of my arch enemy. Because I understand. I got a little mad at myself as I've been studying this this week because I've let the enemy have too much room. And sometimes you do that. You're loved by God because of his great love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. It is God's work, God's masterpiece, God's grace in us. I'll never be right till I see right. I'll just never be right until I see what Christ sees in me and the redemptive potential that he's put in me to spread his name. David Lomas said, your identity is derived of what you believe to be the truest thing about you. So begin to believe this, friend. I'm a child of the Most High God. I am a masterpiece of my Father. I am victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I will overcome. When somebody calls you insecure, incompetent, horrible, loser, whatever, your value has never been in question. You are of great value to God. God has died for you. God has been buried for you. God has been resurrected for you. God intercedes for you. And God will come again for you. Amen? That's hope. Man, God, I don't have to be insecure. I can grow up. I can, uh, you know, anything that doesn't come from God is a lie. Write that down. Anything that doesn't come from God, from his word, from what God says to you, it's a lie. I mean, all these things are said, the enemy says things, the other voices, it's, it's not the truth. So those things that come out are not the truth. So I pray anything that doesn't come from God is a lie, as, as the team comes. I just I pray that we'll get in touch with this truth about accepting God's view of who we are, who he says we are. God, you love us. Lord, Proverbs 3.26. I want you to see this verse today. It's across the bottom of your notes. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. But the Lord is your security. See, it goes vertical. Lord, you are my help. Lord, you are my hope. Lord, you are my warrior. Lord, you are my strength. You are my salvation. You are my sanctifier. Lord, you are my sovereign king. Lord, you are my identity. Lord, you are my security. You might say, well, ma'am, my security is in my wardrobe. Poor choice. My security is in my guitar, my tennis racket, my car, my home. Poor choice. My security is in the Lord. I hope this morning that in some kind of way that God spoke to your heart. Because this is a hard place to be, insecure. And I don't think this will be the end of my insecurity or yours. But I pray you'll run back to Jeremiah 1.5 and you'll run back to the truths that God says. This is how I value you. This is what I say about you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are mine. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we come and we exalt high and lift high 
the praise of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would be the strength of our life. And you'd be the stronghold of our life, that we would not fear except you. We would run to you, God. Lord, give us grace for the journey. And God, today, I pray that you would open this altar and you would instruct and you would fill this altar, mighty God, with people flooding it in desperation to overcome whatever it is. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's addiction. I don't know what it is. But Lord, may we respond to you because we want an internal change in our soul. In Jesus' name.